pretty quiet. Welcome to Noclip, I'm Chad Rowan. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Kinney. And today we're joined by Janelle Vickers. Hi! And Daniel Lawton. Hey. Everyone's least favorite member. That's true. And we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was released on the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch in 2017. Uh, probably, like, at this time, one of the most unnecessary date reads I've ever done. Yeah, it's so rare that we get to be just, like, straight contemporary with things. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's been, like, since Doom, WoW well, felt like I'm really part of, like, the zeitgeist of video games, instead of being, like, those two guys from... Those are the fucking Muppets, like the old people. You probably know who these are. Stellar Yeah, Stellar Moldor. Yeah. You're welcome for my and, first contribution. Andy and I have been accused of being... <laughs> yeah, Stellar Moldor. Greg told us that we're, like, those mm. guys. Mm. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we will be like in our world. Yeah. So, uh, Zelda, New Zelda, is, uh, not Zelda generally, uh, is an open-world action-adventure game, um, but I think that more descriptively, uh, it could be referred to as an immersive sim, uh, which is kind of a subgenre on the open-world, uh, larger genre, even though open-world is not even really a genre in itself. Couldn't we just most descriptively call it the best game <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's its own genre yeah. there's the one game. one entry in the genre at a time at a yeah. time yeah. that concludes our reveal yeah. Yeah. it's the uh, best <laughs> thank you for listening uh okay Th- that's okay but here's here's that's question. informative so I know it's open world and I really loved the exploration sort of mm-hmm. aspect of it but I still feel like while they said it's your choice of where you go first and what you do, as far as which divine beasts you tackled first, I want to know which order people did them in. Because I feel like you're going to follow a basic pattern just based on plot points with the divine beasts. I've talked to a lot of people uh, in, my, period, in my life. in your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, is the, this is like the classic Chad <laughs> no-clip signature move <laughs> start a sentence and then stop halfway through <laughs> and laugh at the meaning of the sentence if you don't finish it <laughs> we can't we'll have to cut that out because i really think it'll be like the magician showing his tricks <laughs> right but like <laughs> but i have done it probably an inordinate number of times that's it i think they push you towards Zora's domain first. Agreed. Yeah, but, but I think after from that, that point, I think it's training wheels off. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did Death Mountain second. Me too. Which one's the like geographically cl- full disclosure before I start talking about the game? <laughs> um, I've I've played it like eighteen hours, so I've played it by far the least of anyone here. Mm-hmm. Still interested in talking about it though. Um, you do love to talk. I do. I'm gonna <laughs> try to rein that in on this cast. I didn't do a great job at last time. Uh, <laughs> but I, so I tried to go to like the geographically closest one. Which mm-hmm. is? And just failed. Can miserably. you give me an idea of what Wait, the map looks it's like? It's kind of like a big ass mountain. So Death Mountain? So Death Mountain? Probably. Is it, is it, volcano? Volcano? Is it covered in no, lava? No, it's not a volcano. It's not a volcano. Maybe the Ice Mountain? Was it, was it cold there? Was it cold? It was cold. Okay. So you went to Rito. You went to Rito. Mostly I, well I didn't. I tried. Right. And got murdered by some lizard folk. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Rito Village. Yeah. And then I gave up and went somewhere else. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, my point is I really feel like they do push Zora's Domain because you get the outfit required to finish the dungeon for free. 
Well, whereas all the other ones, they're like very expensive. Well, the outfits aren't necessary necessarily. That's kind of a fucking terrible sentence. Uh, <laughs> but you're not entirely required to have like whatever cold or heat resistant. The the Druda one you are, but it's also given to you for fairly cheap. I think it's like six hundred rupees. Well, but it's actually cheaper in the village. Just saying. Yeah, but how do you get in the village without it? No, you can't. I'm just saying. It's 600 rupees. I'm just saying. It could be cheaper. It's just a couple pieces of fabric. Right. It should not be worth 600 rupees. Continue. What I'm saying is, uh, because of that, I I think that, I I think the reason Zora's Domain is the one they want you to go to first is because they put feelers out into the world, Mm -hmm. what they don't do for any of the other ones. So if you're on your way to Death Mountain, you might run into some Gorons. Most of them aren't going to, like, shepherd you toward Goron City. There are Zora that are just like in a river who will call right. out to you right. and be like, "Hey, please." Well, and help. I think because and the relationship between Mipha and, and Link, Link is, an is the strongest one. between him and all of the champions, right? That like they want to establish like that link to the past as the first one. They Jokes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a really good sick, sick reference. Uh, but also, like the first quest you get once you leave the plateau. Take you to Kakariko right. and keeps you in that like he- like sphere of the map, and Zora's Domain is the closest one. So you're probably just going to stumble upon it first. That's what I did. For, uh, additionally, it's also the only one that isn't like an openly hostile environment. Yeah. it's not too hot, too cold, or arid. Oh, I thought you meant the like attentions to Link because I was going to be like disagree. All of the old people hated me. No. they thought that I killed their princess. It was uh, I don't sad. know if anybody hated me because I didn't talk to anybody in the whole game. That's not so the Zora do hate you. They do. For sure. So then, just to get the data out, is there anyone of the people who have started to play who has not been, did not go through all of the beasts in counterclockwise order around the map? What? I The first one I, I did am not. at right now is the, like, arid... Druida. So you went, you went southwest. Yeah, you went I think I went, I went to the closest one, failed, and then went to yeah. an easier one. I did the same thing you did. I went counterclockwise. I okay. explored almost the entire map and then went back and did Zora's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I, then I did Rito. I did them. I spread them out. Like I did, I played for like probably ten hours before I went to Zora's domain. Mm-hmm. Then I went straight to Death Mountain because it was, I had been, it was so close. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta go there now. Right. I'm too curious. Then I explored for, like, probably, like, 20 more hours, then did Rito and Gerudo, like, back-to-back. Without, like, pontificating on how much time I spent just, like, walking around, I literally, all I did was I went from, I went Zora, Goron, uh, Gerudo, Rito. Uh, So you formed the Coolness Z. Yeah, I formed the Coolness Z. But I have to say... uh, I, I think that the way the game is laid out, because obviously they balanced it in such a way that you can sort of attack them from any angle, because that's what they want you to do. Uh, the Rito one is way too easy, and uh, mm-hmm. the Gerudo one is way too hard. Agreed. Uh, and I think that it just should be Zora, Rito, Death Mountain, Goron, then Well, that's, that's why I, I brought it up, because it feels like they want you to do... Zora first, and they want you to do Gerudo last, right. and they kind of like what you do in the middle is a little bit up in the air. I kind of agree. It does feel that way. Yeah. Which I mean, 
that's not to say that the rest of the game isn't open world, because it is open. I mean, right. I can choose to never take a path in my life if I want and just continually scale mountains, yeah, which I, mean, I love I know, to There's going to be, but... like, a, a small percentage of people who are going to go to Gerudo Desert first because it's the opposite of the way the game points you in. Yeah, I'm aware of at least two streamers who, when they started the game, went to Gerudo first and had just a fucking awful time. Yeah. Because... Surprise, surprise. Because yeah, you're going, because fuck the whole Gerudo Nation. You're what? Like, They're my favorite! It's the worst area <gasps> in the game. Okay, wait. What's your favorite race, then? Well, he's not talking about the race. That's not okay, about the race. Favorite he's talking oh, about I the also, desert. that was another thing I wanted to ask. Your favorite region of the map. Uh, you mean you don't have defined favorites of everything that you? That's yeah, not I, I want to say not really. No. That's not how Chad is. Yeah, he could give a fuck about the character. Not the Fine, Andy. The then what's your favorite setting? What's your favorite setting? <laughs> oh God, I don't. You're gonna have to come back to me. Okay. How about we come back to the question entirely when it becomes more relevant? Agreed. Fine. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> this is what I was worried would happen. Well. Hey, th- this is the thing you don't worry about. with this game that that actually does kind of touch on uh, to some extent, where we talk about it as an open world game, but and I think that everything that I say in this podcast that comes up negatively, which I suspect is going to be more than anticipated, uh, should really be taken in light of this, in that this is the most authored open world I've ever seen. It, like, there is so much bespoke content that is, like, just put in little pockets around the open world that I, I really, like, it doesn't have the same feeling as an immersive sim like a Far Cry game or like a an Elder Scrolls game, where those games feel like you really could choose any method to deal with things, and in this game it's kind of like you either just go full-on combat, or they have, like, a very contrived, like, there's a barrel on a platform about 20 meters away from a camp. Use a thing on that. A physics thing. Yeah, like, there will be some... It's not like a physics sandbox in the way that I think it wanted to be, so much as it is just they applied physics to the way that you interact with a Zelda game. I think that influences both the exploration as well as the way that the dungeons function. And I think that they kind of struggled with it. We've talked a couple of times, uh, at least I remember me talking about it on the Fire Emblem cast, uh, about how much we can appreciate like going back to old games and like discovering something completely new. Also vague recollections of Andy yelling at Chad about something related to that at some point. But uh, in this game, I have the feeling... Like, I will literally never stop discovering, like, new, unique pieces of content in it. Like, I fin- I put this game down after uh, beating Ganon, defeating Ganon, as the quest says, like, what, a week ago by now or something? Yeah, and literally is. up until, like, ten minutes before this podcast, I'm still fucking learning about cool shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't cool know, shit. I don't know if it'll ever run out of cool shit. It's, in, it's a well... Of the best shit. It, it does feel a lot like a well Really cool gunning shit. for that title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just talk like this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh yeah. But uh, it does feel like that it, it, more so than like any other open world game I've ever played. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the Zelda personality and charm of everything. Where like 
any town I go into, all the NPCs seem fun and interesting, even if they're not really. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, so weird. <laughs> yeah, like, being, like, like, going into, like, to make the Skyrim comparison, and I'll probably do that a bunch, I'm not shitting on Skyrim here. Right. But going into, like, Whiterun, which probably has, like, more NPCs and more going on, feels, like, less engaging and interesting to me than going into, like, Kakariko in this game, which is real small. Right. It still feels like it has so much more going on. Yeah, the, and that's it's because the the well of cool shit that never seems to run dry is the reason there is so much of it is because there's no like well I'm sure there's some but there's not very much copy and pasted content in this game. Most of everything is sort of a unique entity. Like everything that you find was put there for a reason for the most part, and I think that that explains why this game had such a long development cycle. Because I believe this game was started by like velociraptors in the Cretaceous period. <laughs> and, like, it just now came out in March. And, uh... I mean, that's impressive that they kept it going, but, uh... There's just so much actual, like, crafted stuff that they put everywhere. The fact that you walk to one corner of the map and there's, like, a set of crazy bones with a shrine and a fairy fountain next to it is like and you have you, to get through a sandstorm to get there yeah, yeah. Like, but you're like that's three things that are unique that you could have spread around the map in order to like pad out the all the empty space but they didn't need to they could just put it all in a corner and be like you'll run into four other things that we came up with this morning <laughs> on the way there there's like a cool fish monster and like some ruins and like some statues with swords they put so much into this game that it's just like I feel like that's both, one of, like, probably its best strength is the fact that the open world feels unique and feels fresh all the time, and you're not bored by just traversing it, uh, but also I feel like it kind of reined them in on what they could do in some of the other respects. I feel like this is the first open world game that I've played where I felt like I was exploring to explore and not to find some specific goal. Lots of games sort of, like, vaguely hit this itch, and you always hear people talk about, like, constant Skyrim distractions and stuff, where you're going on a specific mission really far away, but it gets sidetracked, like, a million, million times before. This is the only kind of game I've ever played where I stopped progression towards any quest to just sidetrack myself. I, like, all of us at some point, when we were talking about how we went through the game... Talked about moments where we're just like, oh, I just had like five hours here to just bullshit and just do whatever. <laughs> like, that's not how even most open games work. and At least not until after you've already, like, experienced the content and are just trying to, like, push the boundaries of the systems. But in this game, I literally didn't know what I was going to find over the next, like, hilltop other than shrines. I, I was always <laughs> interested. Right. Always. Thank God that in this game there wasn't a wizard slash dragon that handed you your ass so many times and you just quit the game. There's no level 100 blast wizard in Breath of the Wild. No, their autosaves, uh, along with a lot of other uh, design choices, are forgiving by comparison to open world games, but punishing in comparison to like the Nintendo design. It's punishing in, in comparison to Zelda games. Yeah. This is one of the, the hardest like to survive Zelda games that I think has come out in the modern era. Uh, yeah. Which is saying something, because, like, games like Twilight Princess, like, bank so hard on their tone, but the gameplay itself doesn't really back that up 
to any extent, where you sort of, like, it has this dark tone, but at the same time, you kind of breeze through most combat encounters. And, I mean, the focus of most Zelda games has been dungeons prior to this, so it's sort of how the games are made. Uh, but this game is actually, like, pretty pretty brutal on you a lot of the time. Yeah, especially in the early game. Yeah. Like, it, it, it feels like almost like it works in reverse in that regard, like a reverse difficulty curve, where it's, like, really hard at the beginning and then gets, like, way easier as you progress. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. There are, there are difficulties with that. I don't know enough about open-world design generally to know how you approach the gating problems that are naturally going to exist in any sort of open-world game like this, mm-hmm. but you've they made it an explicit design choice that they wanted anyone to be able to complete any of the temples in any hypothetical order they wanted to, uh, which means that they have to keep the difficulty curve from varying too much over the different geographic reason, regions, and they had to do a whole bunch of other little tiny concessions like... I guess this isn't technically necessary, but it's definitely the reason why you always get the audio introduction uh, whenever yeah, you go into that really annoyed me. Like, yeah. I feel like it could not have been hard at all to just like have the game realize you've done one already and then just cut it out of the other four. I agree. Or three. <laughs> the real reason that these are there is because there are one of the relatively few excuses in a game like this where they could actually characterize the other individuals yeah, that you're I just, with. I feel like there are better workarounds for that. There Especially are. in something like Zelda, which has the budget to make alternate contents. It has the budget for an eighth <laughs> year of development. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say, these the, the are they could have cut them entirely, given the fact that we have like cutscenes that include those characters before you even enter the Divine Beast. Right. So, that's always a thing. I, I feel like they were trying to shore up something that I consider one of the, like, very, very few weaknesses to this gem, which is, uh, I, I could not really get involved with characters who weren't Zelda. Like, Zelda's characterization over the course what? of the game was pretty great. Well, because Tally was not in this movie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, um, I really do think that a lot of the... Here we go. <laughs> JJ's waifu. Yeah. Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> this is like their purpose in the narrative. It's not I like... I know. It's just, it's funny the way that you said it. You're like, I, it... I can't identify <laughs> with anyone other than Zelda. <laughs> yeah. My one true love. It, yeah. Oh, the being to has... which I cleave. Yes. JJ never goes to dinner with another woman. Unless he doesn't. Unless it's Zelda. <laughs> yeah. What was... That's a nice topical political reference. It is. <laughs> What was the name you used? Urbosa. No, no, not not of her. Of like the, all the people who control the guardians. The champions. Champions. That was it. There like I feel like the champions generally lack a lot of specific like development and. I disagree. Go ahead. I mean. Okay. Well. Okay. Because and I think it ties in really well with the races as a whole. Sure. Because you've got. Um, I mean, because you've got like xenophobic. Uh, the. Um, Zora. Zora are xenophobic, yeah. and you've got. Mifa, who's going against sort of like tradition in her culture to fall in love with a Hylian. So, like, you've, you've got that, like, sort of, you know, she's a little bit counterculture with that. And then you've got Rivali, who is, you know, you're very much stereotypical, like, Rita warrior guy. And you've got, like, Daruk, who is sort of like the grandfather of the champions and, like, feels this real guilt that he couldn't have 
done anything to save Link. Like, I feel, I don't know, I feel very, and I just, Urbosa's just a badass, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything else about her, because that's my girl. Um, I don't know, I mean, I, and I also really love Zelda, but I mean, I think, I don't know whether it's a complaint you're making about the characterizations of the other people, but I just feel like Zelda is finally getting a lot of, like, development and sort of personality um, that you maybe haven't seen since Skyward Sword, which is generally panned as a game as a whole. But retrospectively like, panned. Retro- yeah, but yeah. then, but but at least also you could. But you. Yeah, could so I'd like to point out that I panned it immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but 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 at least in that you get like Zelda with a personality and a background and a character, where a lot of the Zelda games previously she was just sort of like a trapped princess, etc. But you can even see this with Wind Waker, where as Tetra. She's, you know, extremely outgoing and sassy, and she has her, you know, she's a leader, but then as soon as it's realized that she is the princess of Hyrule, she's negated to to Hyrule Castle. Exactly. She immediately takes on, like, a subservient role, especially when it comes to, like, the fact that every Zelda game she's always relegated as, Mm -hmm. like, the person who shoots an arrow at the final boss. Well, and then (laughs) then you see Zelda, Zelda as Sheik is, like, super badass, is sort of, like... Link's recurring mentor in Ocarina of Time, you know, and can take care of him slash herself because it's gender neutral at the time. But then as soon as she's revealed to be Zelda, again, she's imprisoned by Ganondorf slash Ganon. So I feel like with this game, they actually did want to take steps to make her a fully realized character. So if, you know, some of the other champions fell by the wayside because they're only going to be in Breath of the Wild, like... That's okay. I would rather have more memories about Zelda and making her a, yeah. an actual fully realized character that you can point to and say she contributed and she is actually yeah. doing Literally in her. the game, in this case, memories. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> really, in the game, Zelda's in like a sack of fluids <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the entire yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds... Horrific. But she's she's in a sack of fluids by her own will. This she yes, put herself no. in this. Well, I mean, I mean she's she doing it by choice. She she's keeping the world together by yeah. sheer will alone. Absolutely. Which you're like, Hell yes, yes girl. Right. Get it. <laughs> but they, they couldn't have her in the game because it would interfere with like the structure. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about actually, because. It's it's a, it, but it's a Zelda thing to sort of like Zelda has to be put to the wayside so Link can explore and like do his thing in the overworld while Zelda's holding the fort down or whatever. But like, is it do we need to be so wedded to that format that we lose Zelda as a dynamic, active character? And do you think there will ever come a time when we can actually play as Zelda or Zelda will be active, like, in the narrative? Oh, do you not count of... the Wand of Gamelon? What <laughs> <laughs> um, the Wand of Gamelon? It's, it's one of the CDI games. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah no, one, no one counts the Wand of Gamelon. No one, um, no one counts the CDI now, games. I want to sidebar that and come back to it All right, momentarily. Sidebar. But um, <laughs> I, I agree. Zelda's characterized really well in this game. And I think the... Uh, the champions, like, they had, they took, like, the design philosophy that we talked about in the Overwatch podcast, where I think you're supposed to, like, infer things about them. Right. You, you have, like, a limited window into, like, what they were like, because you only see them in flashbacks. And there's, like, an implied relationship with Link with all of them. But I also think they, they do a little bit to characterize them by their counterparts in the present. 
like uh, like Daruk, mm-hmm. or that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. Daruk. Yeah, Daruk. And, his, uh, and then his whatever descendant, I can't yeah. remember his name, but they're like totally opposite Lumpy personalities. Yeah, Lumpy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Baka's son. Yeah, yes. yes. Yeah. It's very fitting for this guy, too. Yes. Yeah. And like, they do that sort of a thing, and like Prince Sidon and. Oh, Nufa. we need to talk about him. You're actually totally right. Prince I never Sidon? actually considered yes. that. That's yeah. Yeah. They're nice counterparts to each other. They all mirror like ways that they've developed given what's happened. In the setting, in the last one hundred years. So yeah, I think you're. I think they kind of tried to play to that because they wanted to keep this like the original Zelda, where a lot of it's like open ended, do what you want, and whatever. And they wanted to inject some of that more modern Zelda stuff in there. And I think they kind of did it in a way that you can like fill in the blanks for yourself and read into things and latch on to what you liked with those characters you totally sold me on this I, until literally this exact moment I, I always thought that, that the, um, the, the development was of those side characters was a specific weakness but make, I, because I was always considering the, the elder and like the new blood to be separate individuals with separate characterizations and not different reflections of like the same general people it's, in development yeah setting. like how far the race has come and the yeah. differences between the time period because I was very specific when I, I said the first mm-hmm. thing I, it's just I, my complaints were with the development not of their characterization just like the thing we talked about in the Overwatch cast uh, it, what their characterization is fine they're like really good embodiments of really functional tropes but I'm generally looking for Something that allows them to change. You want change. something to be fully realized. I, I want them. To, I want it to be developed. I want it to. I want them to have narratives. I want them to change as people to be interesting characters in the setting. In the way that Zelda changes okay. over the course. But but typically, I mean, I'm coming from a literature background with this. Is that not every person in a narrative can be dynamic? Not every person can or should be transformative. Like there are like round and dynamic characters, but you have to have sort of static characters to yeah. function yeah. to like to allow your zelda or your link to go through yeah. these transformations zelda's the one with the character arc exactly yeah, yeah. you can't have everyone going on separate character arcs that would yeah. be long to the point where link doesn't even really have a character arc in this game right. beyond no. like his no. hearts and yeah, stamina yeah. Yeah. Yes, growing exactly. larger. he fucked up now he's gonna make up for it yeah. yeah like all blank state circumstances i think they're trying to infer that like the actual narrative arc for link is going to be what you are internally going through as you're trying to piece together what happened in the setting. Because even though there's like a really clear order in which people are going to go through like the Divine Beasts and head to Ganon, uh, there is not a clear order, at least I think, that people acquire the memories, which is like the narrative no, meat of what's going on yeah. in the setting. So, In fact, it's so... Like, I don't want to say it's difficult, because, like, I, if you apply yourself, they actually do a pretty good job of, of making those memories a thing to that you can get mm-hmm. reasonably. Yeah. But it is, like, not narratively necessary in terms of the going from beginning of game to credits. Right. You don't have to do it. And it's where they put the whole story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it doesn't inform what your goals are. It just it, it's it's all background information right it's like it's the best way to do lore that so yeah, many yeah, especially I mean, open world games do so fucking wrong yeah oh, you yeah. have to go find it if you want to interact with it mm-hmm. which yeah i have all the ones except for the one that's directly outside of hyrule castle because i just got my ass murdered by a guardian when i tried <laughs> uh yesterday um and the one that's inside of hyrule castle but i have all the other ones and i don't know i really enjoyed those but I mean, I, yeah, and again, I guess, with as far as the champions are concerned, um, something I thought was really beautiful was that they all sort of accepted that they were dead. 
and that like they're now their duty is to be spirits that were tied to their respective divine beasts. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they as give far their power to Link. yeah, as far Just as their nice. arc is concerned, there is no more arc. Because you meet them at the point mm-hmm. where they've already passed, and they're just sort of there to, like, fulfill their goal. And I think that's really satisfying. You don't have to have characters who, you know, are constantly striving to achieve a goal. Sometimes they've already been achieved, and I feel like that's or what we get with the champions. Yeah. Or they fail. <laughs> and sometimes, like what yeah. Andy just sold me on, the interesting mm-hmm. counterpart there the is how the, the races foils. and the setting yeah. changes. Right. Like, that's the development that I was looking for, and that's all that I needed. So thank you for removing, like, the one complaint that huh. I had about You're this welcome. game. Well, it's like, because, like, Sidon and Mipha are both very similar, <laughs> that they're open to, you know, Hylians and other races and being helpful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you've got Daruk and his descendant. Who are lumpy. like a lumpy? <laughs> yeah, Jurgen Lumpy. I think his name is like Yoruba or something. It's something. It is. It is like that exactly. But lumpy. But lumpy. Not, it's he, lumpy. He lumpy. You know, because lumpy is someone who has to be realized. It, it's really cool how they tie in Daruk's protection to him too, because yeah. he's somebody who uses it to Out avoid conflict. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Then you got yeah. The but yeah. So that's that is interesting. I mean, and they are the people who help you directly in con- like in combat with the Divine Beast as well. So now what? We can re-forward in time and address the... The Zelda thing. Yeah, your Zelda mm-hmm. questions about... Yeah. So I'm... Basically, it's like... Because there's an argument typically within people like the feminist community like, is Zelda a feminist character or not in previous games? Like, just excluding Breath of the Wild? And then, has she become a feminist character or is it still not enough? Um, and then, you know, what should we do moving forward with Zelda as being an active sort of participant in the narrative? It's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you kept up with uh, the, like, initial press reactions after the first trailer got shown. Uh-huh. The majority of people actually thought, based on the way that Link looked in that trailer, that he was, was female. female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was, like... Lots of, like, neat, positive reactions to really? that yeah. at the time. There wasn't a lot of backlash? No. Because no. Janelle and I were at dinner last night, and I said, like, <laughs> I think the day is going to come where either Link is, like, a female, Link is female, or you play a Zelda. In my image of, like, how the gaming community would react generally to that, yeah. was just a hellscape. Now, like, it would just be this it's... horrible, sexist backlash. Yeah. And, like, this is exactly yeah. the problem that I have with, like, games culture, or at least how it's perceived, and something that we we joked about a little bit on the, the Gone Home episode, where the because of, like, high-profile incidents like Gamergate, big fucking quotes, uh... <laughs> The, like, the public opinion of people reacting to games is the way that it's portrayed on, like, South Park, or the way that it's portrayed by actual human beings I can't believe exist on this planet. <laughs> on subreddits like Kotaku in Action, or <laughs> fucking, like, I don't know, there's probably, like, a Gamergate website, and on 4chan, where people are basically just, like, the toxic, most, like, horrible people on the planet. Mm-hmm. You will hear that. If some, if they said Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC play as Zelda exclamation point November whatever I don't know uh, <laughs> uh, play as Zelda during her hundred year fluid nap. <laughs> There's actually a whole Resident Zelda game. Yeah, <laughs> 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 
Like, you will hear those people complain about the fact that it's a it's a Zelda game where you're playing a Zelda. Yeah, but you think it's a vocal minority. I think that most yeah. people would be in favor. Not to yeah. put, like, Zelda up on a pedestal and say only smart people play Zelda or anything. <laughs> but, like, I feel like the Zelda community is one of the gaming communities that would really like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I, um, I don't have strong intuitions about it. I just, like, like my yeah. first thought was people might react for it. Okay. Yeah. I think Nintendo is very much like in the mindset of like keeping with the tradition of their games, which is why I think they've they've kept the whole like Zelda is a princess that needs to be saved thing still through till now. Yeah. Um, they've given her more think, and more of like yeah. capable and, and like, like more and more capable yeah. hands. They've tried time, to like make not... it better in other ways, but still yeah. keep her in that role. Well that that was what my question was like is that still problematic? I mean, I think uh, yes. I don't. Does it necessarily need to be changed? Meh, I think it should be addressed. Yeah. I don't think it's stupid that we're having this conversation. No, it's not about that, it. And no. whether it's you know whether it is problematic. Or I not, think what your feelings. The are, day but. will come where we get us out a game where Link can be either male or female. Like I don't see why that can't be the case. It's a gender neutral name. It's not even yeah. a real name. But it can be it's like, Wait, in most of the games you can read Link. Link. Linkle. Linkle. It could just be Link. Are you not that, aware of Linkle? No. Yeah, I just heard about this. <laughs> okay, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. The game on the Wii U, the Dynasty Warriors game with Zelda stuff. Yeah. They made a character for that game, which is like a female Link whose name is Linkle. Oh, my ill was in response to the name Linkle. Well, that's exactly. a shitty yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really bad that, name. We all thought that that's right. Why can't it just be Link, exactly? Yeah, Link's, Link's, Link's not no even a gender. real name. Like, well, it's not a name anyone has except Link in the game, so it's right, obviously yeah. gender neutral. Well, I'm sure at this point there are people whose name is Link. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, but I think over time you can't be like, oh, like traditionally Link has been. Male. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they should. You should be. I mean, Pokemon's been doing it since 1998. You yeah, know? like you can swap the gender Link. I think that's coming eventually. I don't know if Nintendo will do a mainline Zelda game where you play a Zelda, but I also think we will get a game, at least like a spin-off, where she's the star. Ever since. Yeah. Definitely this game, and to a lesser extent, Skyward Sword, mm -hmm. they've been, like, really open, for reasons completely unrelated to this this sort of discussion, that they, they're wanting to, like, change Link's general, like, physical... His look. Yeah. yeah. Like, Show his true form. Like, uh, like yeah. some of the art, like, the art director for Breath of the Wild is on record uh, as saying, like, part of the reason that in this game, that it's, like, you have to get, like... You know, what is it, like an amiibo or something to get like Link's full regular suit and outfit? Oh, well, you have to complete all the shrines. If you beat all the yeah. shrines, you yeah. get the, what is it, like the tunic of the wild. Yeah, yeah right. But my point is that yeah. it's tucked away somewhere yes. and it's never anywhere in the advertising. And the reason that it's tucked away like that is because the, most of the people think it's becoming harder and harder in the HD era to make Link's like normal outfit not look shitty. <laughs> and they did yeah. this in a, in a really small extent. Uh, and I don't think anyone talked about it at the time. In Skyward Sword, where all like the marketing and advertising had what linked looked like before he leaves Skyloft, like his design before mm -hmm. he actually goes on the adventure was what they always presented because they had like full control over that. Mm -hmm. And if they're willing to like slowly chip away at these like really core tropes that make Link Link, even for irrelevant reasons, I think they're going to become flexible enough to do stuff like just general character yeah. creation. And like, yeah. I wouldn't like I, a lot of people because people get really nerdy about Zelda have been speculating about the future of the franchise already. And they've talked about them doing, like, a Majora's Mask kind of thing with Breath of the Wild because they've spent so much time 
creating all the assets and the all and you know the models and all the characters and like having them reuse those in another game and i wouldn't be surprised if they did something where like picked up where this game left off where link and zelda go off and do something else and she's actually like a part of the story yeah, the like, final with like the, the, the end of the game kind of implies that they will do exactly that thing. yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> I want to go from there on something. I did have one side note, by the way. I think they did a really good job with the tunic of the wild in this game when you do get it, because you just look like the like the drawing of Link from the original Legend of Zelda. Like, you have kind of poofy hair coming out <laughs> underneath, and it's like the, the pants are kind of just shorts. They are just shorts. Yeah, it's they just are, like the cartoon Link from the like, instruction They are like it's bicycle really good. shorts. Like, they're super short. Like Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and like the sleeves are three-quarter sleeves. Like, it looks really dweeby. Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> I think is an intentional thing. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, they, I brought up this quote before. I don't remember what episode. But, like, they talked about when they designed the Link. Evil. Yeah, for Ocarina of Time, they were like, I think we should put him in, like, like tights or, like, long, long underwear. underwear so he doesn't look too cool. Right. Like, they, like, they want Link to look, like, a little bit like a dweeb. Plus, and in this game, they want to give you the option of kind of choosing what Link looks like, yeah. which means that in 80% of the game where, like, you can wear whatever and not suffer for it, uh, you can, like, literally dress Link up, you know, however you want, like including woman. in women's clothing, yeah. which I think is I, handled better. <laughs> Like maybe a little weirdly it when they started bit. it, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it is charming. the scene. The scene where he's it's like, "Oh, what a pretty woman!" and right. then it blows away, and, and he's, he's like, like, "It's a, a man." He's a beard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that whole like situation, uh, well, I think handled strangely, is clearly a wink and a nod. Mm. Like at no point did they do anything that is abhorrently gross or something. <laughs> yeah. It's literally just like, isn't it like a, a funny joke? It's supposed to be silly. Yeah. And that's really all it is. Just as a tiny side note, uh, uh, in response to a thing that you mentioned during the discussion of the ability to like design your link in this game with choosing all of your mm-hmm. clothing and such, I find it hilarious that Nintendo, and I don't know if this is a common thing in other open world games or not, but they seem to, instead of giving you like complete freedom where a lot of games would try and make, in some way, all of the costumes sort of equally balanced against each other, this game sort of mechanically pushes you into their idea of what Link looks like in this game by right. making the blue shirt, like, hilariously the best once yeah. it's, if you it have the upgrade materials. And so many of the caps being things that, like, don't obscure your face... Like, or cover uh, your raccoon tails. Yeah, yeah. They're all... They're, like, they, they were very specific about making it, like, the best stuff, like earrings that are like barely noticeable and barely influence the design i love that though because I, I fucking hate hats and helmets also and love it. yep and i appreciate the fact that i can wear a fucking stuffed moblin head around <laughs> and look like a complete yeah. this is an get, important question you get the best of both worlds what what um impact in the game does weight have if any weight of like what? you know the like the soldier armor you can get in kakariko it says um, you know, this is like, this, you know, this, this is really protective, something like that, but, like, the weight takes some getting used to. And I just assume that that can't be just a throwaway line, right? It, it I think it's just flavor. Yeah? Is it, does it have to do with the I assume that there's, so many things in this game are about trade-offs that I just assume that 
does it, it, the heavy armor is more has more protection than you're trading it off for something. Does else. it impact like your endurance, like your stamina drain? Not that I've. Noticed. I mean, I or also, your climbing speed. Or I, I, I was checked, wondering with the I mean, paraglide. I've, I've I'm like, did, it, did you have drag? I didn't know. If it is, it's really hard. This will be one of those Agreed. things. <laughs> Uh, this whole discussion is just like we need to do like a full scientific breakdown. <laughs> like we got a control test, links yes. naked, paraglides from the top of this mountain. Like okay, puts on the heavy armor. And get but it's not that absurd because when you want to sneak somewhere, take off all your armor and you're much quieter. Or put so on the that, so like armor real... affects that. Yeah, I, I noticed. That's how, we're, that's how I did it in Skyrim as well. Well, so just like, let me just drop all this stuff yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, no I think one it was that. in the Yuga clan uh, hideout. Oh, I, like, noticed that, like, my sword and shield bumping together, like, made noise. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Oh, fuck. And so I was like, oh, it was once I noticed that, I was like, oh, I'm going to sneak around. I got to, like, unequip all my weapons, too. <laughs> so I can be super quiet. No, it's but pretty, pretty in, the, yeah, in the shrine yeah. quest where you need to um, get on the deer. And deer are more skittish than horses. Right. Yeah, they're um, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm gonna take all my clothes off and I'm gonna sneak up on this deer, butt ass naked. Hey. And you know what? Eat Hops right on that deer. Eat that hey. sneaky food. You guys are just this is uh, this is going to be met likely with groans and total oh, expectation. Go. You never stealth. Uh, yeah, no, the Giga Clan hideout <laughs> mission was by far the hardest and most frustrating mission in the game for me, and I kind of wish it just wasn't there at all. Uh, like, the fact that there is stealth in this game bothers me to an extent that I was surprised. Uh, for the deer, I just climbed a mountain and then, and, dropped, and then dropped on the deer. Yeah. <laughs> the way that I mounted every horse in this serious? game. I've never pressed the A button oh to mount something. So, something about Chad to anybody listening for the first time and for Janelle and Dan. Chad, we don't know Chad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've never met this boy. Chad is like, but like, doing this podcast is like, uh, has uh, clued me into just how hysterically impatient Chad is. <laughs> I do want to hear before the end of the cast, like, what everyone's most ridiculous, like, in game moment was. Oh, yeah, some story time. Story time. Story time. We'll have some story time. But yeah. in, for example, I apologize for bringing up from software. But in Bloodborne, <laughs> oh, super I honestly don't think that we can avoid it when we get into, into like an a mechanical discussion. Yeah, I mean, so, or yeah. when you're talking about a game, a right? Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're we're only human. Um, but <laughs> we have the curse. So in, Bloodborne, you know? in, Bloodborne, in Bloodborne, you have a hub area called the Hunter's Dream, just not very big. Oh, with that weird uh, with the weird doll. doll. With yeah. the weird doll. Chad <laughs> complained to me. That he hates that the warp point for the DLC is so far away from <laughs> where you spawn back into the hub. It is literally like five feet away from you. <laughs> it takes like it takes maybe eight seconds to walk to it. No, not eight it's not eight seconds. Maybe if you literally walk, but if you run, it's four. Four seconds to run to it. <laughs> he complained about that. It takes so long. <laughs> and he's serious. <laughs> so you know, just I that, mean, it's like a frame of reference. As someone yeah. who paraglides everywhere, like, I'll be like on a rock and be like, oh, let me just paraglide to the ground. <laughs> I get it. I do to a point, except I liked sneaking up on the horses and like right. feeling like very animalistic. Right. You like the, it. the like... Emotional and, and, and sort of, of like, the, the ludic feel 
of like embodying Link and you're just like in the world. <laughs> I wanted to get the thing that I wanted yeah. immediately. Yeah. And Chad, move on. when you look at this game, you see like a magical fantasy world. Yeah. But when Chad looks at this game, he sees the strings of zeros and ones. <laughs> <laughs> I see the code of the matrix. Things yeah. to be ripped. <laughs> okay, it's like talking about horses. Things to be ripped. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, okay. So, now, if you watch me play an open world game of any sort for, like, any extended period of time, there are two things uh, that drive me more than anything else in these games, and one of them, as we've noted before in the podcast, uh, is checklists. I love filling out checklists. It's just, like, I think a human satisfaction of finishing something. But then the other thing that we've never talked about on the podcast is that I love seeing what is on top of stuff. I agree. I absolutely agree. And this game has that... It sure lets you do that. Yeah, it's the double compulsion of really satisfying mechanical traits and the ability to just see what's on top of everything. And there's usually something there. There is. Even just a Korok. Oh my god. I love them so much. Yeah, I actually... I had a really satisfying moment, um... Just in the very beginning of the game, when um, I climbed the Temple of Time, because I was like, here's this cool temple, and you can climb everything. This is so fun. Yeah, yeah. And I climbed to the very top, and there was, like, a Korok there. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, it rewarded me, like, immediately yep. for just going and exploring. Because yeah. like, I feel like that was a nice, like, small but important, like, tone setter. I was like, okay, like, if I go, like, do something off of my own that seems cool... Like the game will reward you for doing yeah. that, yeah. and like that's something that I mean had been talked about since like they showed the game at E three and let a bunch of people play it, and it's something that like you don't really appreciate until you get your hands on it because like in any game it would be really rewarding to just be able to climb anything right like, and have there be no invisible walls, but it's especially impressive in an open world game, and I think it's actually one of like the innovation or not maybe not innovations but like works of this game that like really sets it above everything it's like literally anything that you can pick out you can climb to the top of it and not only will you be able to get there there's probably something yeah Uh, i I do wait important important query what i i'm concerned for all of the koroks (laughs) like in the lanayra region and on the hebra mountains like and then they just hang out there if i go back they're still there i'm like honey you need to eat it's cold up here. Yeah, what they're doing. Go back to the forest. Your body is made of wood. I found you. They're Hide and seek has been accomplished. Stuff. No, they're all bark and they Wait. all have like maple leaves. They're like honey. They're, they're, they're different colors. You dumbasses, they're spirits. But they're all spirits. Oh, that's also true. None actually. of them have bodies in this game. Okay, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> they're based on. Uh, I don't care. They have a physical spirits. form and I want them. Which is one of okay spirits. Yep. I want them to go home. <laughs> I don't want them to be on the mountain forever. That's that right. is yeah, they just go where get the wind takes them. Way off the subject of horses, which we kind of already have. No, oh, yeah, let's actually just get back to rain it in. We've got um, Jokes. Um, did anyone else take a really embarrassingly long time to realize that there are some horses you just can't tame if your stamina isn't high enough? No. no. I no. feel like the game like, like explicitly tells you. Yeah, it does. It, it, well, it tells you... It Maybe it does and I just missed it. I know it tells you, you know, Flexible. like, these horses are harder than these horses the to take. solid color. But I took that to mean, like, it'll just take you longer or nope. you have to be better at the, like, soothing, timing the soothing. <laughs> it's no, like, honey. I was like, I'm the greatest. Um, <laughs> no the problem. spotted horses are cool, but, like, that's the beginner horse. I'm not going to bother with that. <laughs> I'm just, I, went, I found, like, this cool solid color horse right off the bat, and I would try and try to tame it, 
and spent literally an entire night, like, trying to tame this solid color horse. Wow. This is Before why... I finally just Googled, like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and it was like, oh, like, it, your you... max stamina isn't high enough, you just can't tame Why didn't you, one, ask me? Because I would have told you immediately everything you need to know about horses, both in reality true. and in fiction. I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to go it on my own. Well, that's your first problem. You can't go it alone, as in Kinsella. Also, same, again, I just want to reference my yeah. previous statement that I'm the greatest. You are. <laughs> that is true. If, Best if it's the beginner horse, I have no interest I in I feel that. like that's exactly what Stephen would have done as well. Yeah, it is. But, uh, surprisingly um, to nobody, uh, the first horse that I tamed that wasn't like mechanically forced on me by like a, a quest oh. or like a side quest uh i had max stamina by the time that i attempted to tame you my didn't second tame a horse, horse like the first stable you got to Chad no. hates horses in video games i hate horses but it's so hard I to mean, get you around also hate horses like it is reality. the opposite of difficult to get around i just and run it's something everywhere. i kind of want to talk about i almost hard is exactly really i ride them a lot <laughs> i mean i had yeah, yeah. i have like four Keep horses going. but i like I, oh, I ride them four occasionally. Mm-hmm. Four wives. I have four horses on every day. To, to clarify that problem uh, that, that Daniel brought up, it's they what they explicitly state to you, and I somehow actually remember this, is the guy tells you, like, he doesn't give you the mechanical explanation that would make it obvious that it's just impossible. He says, like, leave these horses until you're stronger. Like, that's what he says. Yeah, but that's yeah. just so I, incompatible when you think you're the greatest. It is, very much so. <laughs> And speaking of things that we didn't figure out for a really long time, is like I could not figure out how to make a fire oh. for like the longest time. I'm so sorry. Were you yeah. a flint dropper? Did you just yeah, like, keep I, throwing like, flint on the ground? I, 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 I only tried it once. It didn't, like, the way, like, I just like, a grabbed flint, flint, flint Yeah, you got flint when you're like, just dropped it. And you're I'm like, like well, I'm waiting. Do do? You can just <laughs> bag it with a sword, which is really cool. Yeah. But I did not think to do that for like hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, like, That's I say this fair. I say this all the time, because my video in, video game instincts are not good, because I was, like, a late bloomer. I didn't grow up. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was a late bloomer both, you know, mentally, physically, yeah, in video games, just, you know. Yeah, I mean, for but the record, like, over the course of the past, like, I want to say, like, three or four years, you've been working your way through, like, all the 3D Zelda games. Yes. So you actually have more relevant a touchstone on Zelda games than all of us do, except potentially Andy. That's true. I, I replayed them all in all preparation ones over the yesterday. past seven years. Which except just escaped except still yeah. not Majora. Except for that one, which, but, which is like another is another episode. But my point <laughs> is, I feel like I always approach games and I miss things that people who have played video games for their entire lives like understand more instinctually. Right. Um. So I feel like I have spent a long time in this game because I'm learning things. Right. Always. You know, like, and yeah, things that, like, instinctually make sense to people don't make sense to me. Which is why, like, I don't know, I just... But it doesn't bother me because the things I like about video games are just, like, running around. Right. And, like, blowing up rocks with my endless bombs. <laughs> and, you know, chopping down trees with my sword and collecting wood. And like, that I an, like. It gives you an unprecedented playground to do that kind of yeah. a thing in, in, a, in a Nintendo game. Yeah, and, and it's oh, important yeah. to recognize here that, like, it's not just, like, video game logic... That is is the like verbs that you're going around with when interacting with the open world. They made like really specific design decisions. And I remember in uh, a talk that they did at GDC that I watched, they were talking about how like the very art style that they chose for this game was picked specifically so that they could sort of like straddle the line between being able to make 
physicalist assumptions about how like the world mm-hmm. around you works instead of like game assumptions. Right. Like they wanted you to, to be able to make the connection that you could fucking hit Flint with a sword and it would make a spark that yep. would start a fire. Right. And like that's the kind of thing that people who have played video games their whole life are going to encounter and then just go like <laughs> and like just be yeah. overwhelmed. Which with is joy the difference between Andrew and me because yeah. my video game instincts are not honed yet. But I was like, hey. Maybe I should hit steel on this flint. So, yeah. like, I have more I of, like, were, a real-life yeah. grasp. I thought there were just like, some kind of, like, like step a, that I was missing. Well, see, one of the things that I, I brought up on the on the Last of Us podcast was this, like, idea of taking something that you know from the real world and applying it to the game without the game having to tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I brought up the, the scene where you're hunting a deer. That's the only example of that in The Last of Us. This game is built on the assumption that you will make connections between the real life and what you do in the game. Mm -hmm. But that's not the assumption of exclusively this game. It's just within this genre. Because they're actually trying to simulate how real life works, albeit with this, like, magical realism veneer painted over top of it. Yeah, they they started with an art style that just was the Wind Waker's art style, yep. and then they like worked from there. Because it didn't have enough detail. I was gonna yeah. say you do have touches of the Wind Waker in there that I appreciated, like in um, well the Koroks themselves. Oh, that design comes the, straight out of straight the Wind Waker too. Yeah. Um, but and I was retail. thinking more of like the puzzle things because I haven't actually I haven't played through the Wind Waker because I saw Andrew play it twice and you play it once yeah. so I feel like I've played the game and I need a little more distance before I actually try <laughs> yeah. to do it yep. myself um, but there was there's like a puzzle in um, Vom, Vometto I think the bird um, where there are yeah, the fans, Meadow, the ceiling yeah. fans, where I'm like, ooh, this feels so Wind Waker. This is incredibly Wind Waker. Incredibly Wind Waker. The Wind Temple and Wind Waker. Yeah. Which yeah. I approve of. I mean, I like, and I like that also this game... Also known the best temple in Wind Waker. Well, I like this, this, this yeah, game is just probably. continually, like, dropping, like, tiny references that you would notice if you've played the other games, but it doesn't feel, like, exclusive. Derivative. Well, and it doesn't feel like it, if someone just were like, ooh, this looks like a really good game and it was reviewed really well, I'm gonna start here. It wouldn't be um, like exclusive for those people, but for people who have played the other games, you it's can pick rewarding. up on those things. Okay, yeah. you have now opened and shelved three separate cans of worms. I do this for uh, And I think that this is a, as good a time as any you know, really, they're to all take a worms, break. So just take your pick. Yeah, well, we'll grab the cans. We're going to keep the worms on the shelf temporarily to preserve them. As you do with worms. During our break. Worms are very fragile. They have to be carefully preserved. (laughs) By worm librarians. You You don't want anything to happen to them. (laughs) All right. We have this recruit. I can splice it in. Don't worry. (laughs) What? Um... (laughs) Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, (laughs) 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 So there were a couple, there were a a few fresh cans of worms that were opened uh, by Janelle before we went to the break. Uh, Discussing it on the break, JJ had uh, an issue with something that I said 
at this point, about half an hour ago. Yes. <laughs> we take lengthy breaks, as we should. Right. What was that? Uh, that was yeah. your characterization of the stealth system. And because I don't want to mischaracterize you, can you like repeat why briefly that you don't like the implementation of stealth in this game? The, the reason that I don't love the stealth system is that I feel as though... It isn't fast enough. Well, I mean, that's yeah, like, crouch <laughs> and I mean, around I mean, it's it, that's that is, I think, a valid point. Yeah. It does take a while. It does take a while. No, the, the the real reason is that I feel as though games that are not about stealth should probably try to avoid using stealth as a primary mechanic in the way that this game does. Albeit, it lends itself to some interesting situations, uh, particularly in the overworld. Uh, it, it got to the point where the stealth armor became one of my favorite sets of armor just because it made doing things cost less from, like, a an opportunity standpoint. Um, like, clearing areas and, like, completing some side quests is just way easier to do if nobody sees you. Yeah. Uh, when it's necessitated by the, like, plot of the game, so uh, the... What is it called? The, the Yiga? Yes. Yeah, the Andy, Andy mentioned it. Yiga yeah. clan. The Yiga clan hideout and the the stupid trial, the Korok Ooh. trial, where you have to follow <laughs> that stupid ass guy around. Listen, he's not as stupid as. He's a good boy. He's adorable. He is a good boy. He's However, adorable, he stopped though. being adorable on the second time through that. Whoa, surprise. it only took two tries? It took me. A lot of tries. I, I can explain that if you like. I don't even know how. I no, I mean, work. really, it only took two tries for him to be not adorable. Oh, it yeah. would take a lot of, of mishaps for the Koroks to stop being that adorable. That took me at least ten tries to get. Yeah. Well, okay, clear not to derail. Since, since we can edit this out anyway, can you clarify? Did you do the Korok trials? I never failed it. Oh, the I stealth know. one? Yeah, I don't okay. even know how you failed it. You will probably have a very similar experience to my first playthrough uh, of this. So, the stealth trial was the first one I did. It's the first one going counterclockwise around the circle. And as we all know, JJ loves to do things counterclockwise. That's true. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, not like voids, which JJ is a big fan of. Um, that's true. Uh, but uh, stealth trial was the first one I did. I walked in. So, I finished the lot. I think it needs more setup. I finished the Lost Woods. And came into the area with the Master Sword. Yes. I, well, I died trying to get the Master Sword. Uh, <laughs> of course. I went back and I, like, upgraded myself. And then I came back and I got the Master Sword. And then I started the trials. And I, uh, I walked in and followed the dude all the way to the end. Not a bad thing happened until he got to the, the, the shrine itself. He had a little dialogue balloon that was like, Oh, I'm finally at the shrine. And I attempted to go around a tree to stay out of sight, and I got like sucked into the woods, uh, which I didn't know could happen in the trials. Yeah, like I, I thought it was. I would have forgotten too, probably. Yeah, yeah. I assumed it was just an in the lost woods thing. So from the yeah, very end, it's all the lost woods. Yeah. So I came back to the start, and I was like, "Well, at least it was easy." 
So I'll get through it this time the same no, and just won't problem. go crap. Second time, like, I just, like, blundered into a stick and he turned around. Third time, the dog saw me yeah, and I, like, went to attack the wolf. Yeah. And he, like, turned around there. Like, the fourth time, I blundered outside of the, the woods again. Like, it was this whole series of, like, mishaps that made you know me do it, like, six or seven I times. I had never thought of, but probably works, because this is Breath of the Wild. That you'd already, like, followed him there and you had to get there. You just walked there and, like, not had to follow him the second time? He wouldn't see you yeah, when he you gets You have to there. find a way to, to get around him without him seeing no, you. No, I mean, around. like, you, the in your playthrough specifically, you did it the first time, got all the way to the shrine and then fucked up. Right. And then it respawned you at the beginning? Yeah. Could you have not talked to the Korok? And just gone and to just the shrine? just gone to the shrine? Oh. Because, <laughs> like... That I feel totally like you just totally... return. Like... Well, if if it did work, uh, meaning one walking past the thing didn't auto trigger a conversation, right? And two, it doesn't like respawn you if he sees you even without the the trial going. Mm-hmm. Then you would have to make it there, and it wouldn't have counted towards side quest completion, True. which, ah. as you all know, <laughs> is a checklist right. item that I had to had to check right. off. Okay. Unrelated to that, yeah, but related to the Lost Woods. Did you, like, figure out how to solve the Lost Woods, like, legitimately? I was told that there was a way, but I torches. just used map markers. Oh, no, torches. Well, I held the okay, torch. Okay, hold on. Well, I just, whichever way the fires blow. Yeah. Oh, right, Whichever right, right. way the embers are flying yeah. is the way you go. I mean, it took uh, me a while. I never would have figured that out. <laughs> never, ever would have guessed that that well, little visual would touch. Trial and error. And it only took me, like, four tries. Oh, I just yeah. kind of, like, found the way through. Yeah, I just walked... In one direction until I got like, eaten I was the like map tr- marker where I was. I was actively trying to figure it out the whole time. time and then just made it there. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Okay, so then hearing your explanation then, I think we actually agree more than we disagree about the use of the stealth system. Because I agree that the, the two times, at least in my playthrough that I found, where they made like distinct stealth trials where... Getting seen is essentially a fail state. It's explicitly a fail state in the Korok sequence, and it's—I don't know how it could not be a fail state in the Yiga Clan infiltration. Yeah. Because if you ever get, because they lock you into the circumstance, I don't know how to lose like aggro in this game, and the people just kill you in one hit. Yeah. Uh, and that commits lots of sins related to stealth sections about you know. It, being seen being an explicit fail state is a thing that people have been trying to evolve from and get out for a couple of years in games like this. But, like you, I actually think that the existence of stealth mechanics wasn't just, like, the tack-on that it, it so often is in, like, a few years ago, big-budget, like, open-world or, like, Ubisoft-developed games. Stealth is, like, <laughs> mandatory for the physical design of the setting. I'm going to also push back a little bit and say that stealth is a mandatory element of later Far Cry games, specifically 3 and 4, because 2 did a better job of allowing you to kind of scalp your environment, but in in the, the later Far Cry games, it was like, if you didn't have the rudimentary, as it was, the stealth system in those games, you wouldn't have been able to properly like tag people and plan an assault on a thing without just being like slaughtered by a guy you didn't know was there oh yeah sure i wasn't i was but speaking in generalizations yeah. there's <laughs> weirdly the assassin's creed stealth system is in my opinion worse than uh 
than the one in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay, I mean, like, the one thing that I have is you say it's not a, like, stealth-based game, but I think it's just that because Zelda in general, but this game in particular, gives you many options for solving problems, i.e. you could jump from a mountain onto a horse's back and not use stealth, or you could just plow through enemy territory and just keep running and not try to sneak. Um, but, I mean, I think it's not fair to say that it's not a stealth-based game, because, I mean, I use stealth a lot. So for me, doing stealth-based trials wouldn't be, like, such a zero to a hundred yeah. leap as it was for you. It's, it's right. the option. Like, you always have the option to do stealth. But, the, the but like, the, there, there are, like, one or two spots where the game makes you do stealth. I th- and that tends to rub people in the wrong way when they're like, yeah. I don't like this part of the game. For the most part, the game doesn't make me do it. But here it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While stealth is technically that. an option, the reason that I think that it's like a mandatory part of the design is that it's an option that through its existence allows so many more other options in the overworld to exist. Like, unless when, they, when you're in the overworld just traveling around, they were so, so much more careful about where enemy encampments were placed and like the sort of physical impediments that were around it. If you played this game without a stealth system, it would be so much harder and so much slower, if you didn't want it to be hard, to try and get yourself into a position where you can do like the hilarious bullshit stuff that this game wants you to do. Like The, the fact that you can go stealth, it, it allows you to reposition yourself to, for example, that ridge up there that has a rock that I can push into a bomb and a million right. other little things like that. Yeah, like, I, I agree with Janelle that a big part of what the stealth system adds to this game is multiple ways to solve problems. Um, and even, not necessarily like story problems, just interacting with the world stuff. Yeah, right. So although, you know, given the difficulty curve, at least early in the game, just fighting like groups of enemies is probably like the way to go on this. You can because a lot of them are in like little camps and they put their weapons off to the side. There's a touch that I really like because they kind of behave realistically like when they become alarmed, like, run and grab their ship. Right. So, like, if you stealth, like, you could sneak up, take all their stuff, and, like, get rid of it. Yeah. And then they... Yeah, it's I mean, it's a big time sink, but you can do that, and then they're just totally unarmed. Yeah. Which is... It's like that you have that option. Later in the game, there are some sections where, like, you do that kind of shit, and then, like, the bigger moblins will, like, pick up the bacoblins really? and like, yeah. throw them yeah. at you That's as awesome. weapons. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, my, it's my fantastic. Point, my point, though, is that this is not... This is not deus ex. Like, the purpose of doing stealth in an environment is not... Like, it's not thematically tied in or, like, uh, pushes you down a path. It's just, like... Uh, thing. I still disagree. If you were, if we were talking about Deus Ex, you would never say that this game doesn't have, shouldn't have guns because it's not Call of Duty. I, I really <laughs> think that that this game. Just to be clear, you guys are talking about the game and not like the concept. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deus Ex is specifically not referring to Deus Ex. Oh, see, I yeah. thought you were talking about the concept. So thank you for the clue in. Thank you, my boyo. Okay, we're like, good. You need stealth in this game to be able to plan circumstances, to be able to do see, the sort of thing see, the game wants you to do. See, there you, there you, you pay on. yourself well, in a court, because does Chad plan? This is a good point. But oh, oh, we're talking about oh, the overworld here, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is essentially the game. I I totally like agree that with Dan Janelle, 
that it adds a variety to the game. And it has been factored into the design. But the game's been designed in such a way that you can completely ignore it, and I almost never used stealth. Yeah. And, and like, I don't think you need stealth. I think your biggest mistake but I don't think that's was a great that you... Criticism. No, I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to criticize well, I mean, it. I'm it's... just saying, like, I understand where Chad's coming from, where, like, the game's not technically designed around the stealth system like stealth games usually sure. are. Yeah, of course. The stealth is there as, like, an extra bonus. But, I mean, it's the same problem I encountered when I go in a shrine, and I'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but it's because I hadn't used a certain, like, shrine power in a while. Like, I was like, oh, I need to cry over the water into pillars, and, like, that's how I climb up. I'm like, of course. You know, so I feel like it's... I mean, the game, like, in those certain situations does force you into making those choices that maybe, again, for me, because I'm not a gamer person by, like, heritage. Um, like, it doesn't just come to me to be like, Not okay, I use... Yeah, a lot of gamers, yeah. Like, not being ethnically Jewish. Exactly. Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. It's exactly like Exactly, that. 100%. Yeah. It cannot be disputed. Right. But I, I feel, think I feel like the mistake yeah. that everybody here made, that I feel, I, like, I feel like I'm talking to a room full of aliens... Was you? In, you, yeah, you know how I feel when we talk about the Evil Dead, right? You engaged <laughs> with combat in the overworld ever intentionally? Really? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. constantly. I one of the best parts of the game. Almost <laughs> never did that if it wasn't necessary. I'm like 50, 50. I would sprint past everybody. You wouldn't go get like the treasure chest. You know what? Didn't tempt me. Because I always had a full you know, inventory. Hey, hey. Because it's faster. It is faster. To run past the enemies. You don't uh, have to run to any headstones. Dude, why isn't yeah. Chad sprints past enemies like somewhere on our fucking website? Put <laughs> <Dude. laughs> personal bios for all hey. of us and you've got to include that sentence. T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the picture of Chad like running past of the cove. <laughs> yep. It says Chad runs yeah, past I, enemies. I engage yeah. in enemies like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Intended, even okay. really, I, I wouldn't provide any. I don't like okay. that. I, I, I have encounters like almost more satisfying than shrines. Yeah, I would agree yeah, to some extent. But I, I, did I mean, you run past all the shrines? I mean, I mean, <laughs> what did you do in this game? <laughs> I haven't found. You just climbed. <laughs> I haven't found a destination yet. Now climbing uh, simulator. No, okay. Re- realistically, though, uh, I did have. There's a reason, sort of, to not have been tempted by the treasure chests and shit. And the reason well, for that is because. That, so. And this is just gonna play. This okay? You ask what our most ridiculous moments mm-hmm. in this game I'm are. Ready. This isn't a, like cause I'm pretty yeah. sure what you're fishing for is like some I'm not ridiculous for anything. physics interaction. I'm not. I'm throwing a okay. bomb in the water, and whatever fish floats to the surface, I'm ready to pick. This is the most ridiculous moment in retrospect because of the short sightedness that it represented. I had been playing the game for like roughly three and a half hours or so when I had gotten the mission to go to Kakariko Village. And to get to Kakariko Village, I climbed on top of a mountain, and I flew to it. Mm-hmm. This is funny. I did me. not get the ability to upgrade my inventory. I did not meet Testu. Tetsu. Hestu. 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 Tetsuo Hestu. the Iron Man. I guess. Two references in two episodes. I think I'm good. Uh, <laughs> you filled your quota. Yeah. I didn't meet him until much later either. I didn't meet him until I was like 40 like, hours like into the, the game. I was maybe like, like right 20 there. hours. The first, like when I ran into him the first time, I basically was done. 
And I was like, with the basic inventory that was constantly full of everything. That's, yeah. <laughs> so I, if, I'd be like, credit chest, I probably can't even take what's in there. Right, if yeah. you would have asked me like how Chad would start out this game, it would have been so in line with how reality. I actually <laughs> yeah like, okay, like the game I... like like most people will like be like okay I'm gonna like follow the main quest like at the, for a little bit at the beginning before I go off and do my own thing well, I mean, we Chad fuck it climb a mountain jump off fly there fuck it I did that <laughs> I did the, I did the same thing the don't only... go to the stable at the bottom that they want you to go to. yeah only... I didn't unlock the stable don't, for a long time don't don't go along the path don't the... Meet the, don't meet the Yiga clan guy that's on the path so you learn about the Yiga clan don't meet Hestu okay. don't do any of the stuff that they want you to do at the very but beginning. They, the thing is they when Get in a tent or village, just run through it, <laughs> and like don't do anything and miss the house. Stop quest. shaming Chad. <laughs> He's a good boy, and also I have things to say. Also, wait, what side quest did you just say? The house side quest. House? Oh, the, the, the one that you missed. <laughs> the one that I was complaining about before we started recording. Yes. Yeah. Okay, making sure. No, but I mean, I did. I did the same thing. The only difference was when I found the first Korok. He was like, "Hey, if you find Hestu, like give him this." And I was like, wait a minute. Who is this broad? They actually say that? They do. The they first do. one yeah. you find it's says... A a it's way faster to match A through all this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did fly. And I, and I didn't get a Korok before Kakariko Village. Okay. So I flew to Kakariko, did some things, then I was like, okay, I'll explore now that I have a base. Base. But, oh, right, um, yeah. Because yeah, Kakariko does kind of home base. Home base. They make yeah. it explicit. When you talk to uh, What's-Her-Face, she what? like... Uh, uh, yeah, Mifa... Or, wait, oh, no, no, Impa, Impa, Impa. I was like, wait, what? She actually like, explicitly Impa. gives you the choice. When, yeah. when you get the when you get like the main like divine beast so- uh-huh. side quest from her, she also just says, oh, and if you want to, instead of this quest, do this quest and head east into yeah. where that village is to try and find the g- girl with the camera. But yeah, oh, did yeah, everyone yeah, do that yeah. before they did the divine beast? Yes, yeah, I did. Yes. Okay, me too. I did a lot before I did the divine. The first well, that's when that's yeah. I got to Clearly that same. and I was like, okay, yeah. now. Yeah. Now open world. Yeah. Here me, I too. me too. I did the same thing. I kind of, yeah, I did those quests, like the upgrade quests for the, the, the runes. Yeah. And then I immediately just, like, bounced between towers to unlock the map. Yeah, me too. That was see, basically my I, whole thing. I really liked the idea of uncovering it slowly. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I would... Slow and, I, and I found shrines. Yeah, I would grab all of them, like, in the immediate area that like, I could see, and I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah. But then, like, you know, then I would continue exploring that area, and then I would move on, do some I, more towers. I found Cass's book fairly early, Cass the Rito Musician, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I went and marked all those places on my map, which I have a problem Where with the fact... Where is his journal? Um, I can't remember. Because I may have found it. It's, a, it's, it's a, a high somewhere. It's on top of a mushroom a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the, yeah, you're right, actually. That's... I just want to say, I like the map, and I like that you can mark pins on things. Yeah, there weren't super enough good. Pins on it. Oh, not enough of the pins that actually, yeah. that actually put up a waypoint. Or, or that I, like, well, that were representative of what I needed. Like, cause, like, there's I, nothing that's I, representative no, of anything. No, because if I needed yeah. a picture, like, I'm like, okay, so there's a memory here. Yeah. I use the treasure chest. Yeah, example, there's a treasure chest icon. Presumably to mark treasure chests. Yeah. Who doesn't open a treasure chest? Yeah, they're gonna come well, back to this later. If it's one that you, somebody maybe who like hasn't upgraded their inventory. Yeah, somebody who hasn't upgraded their inventory might not be able to open the chest. I knew that the chest wasn't gonna have anything good in it anyway. So can it's I, so much faster just to run past the chest, you know. <laughs> yeah, can I, can yeah. I shift the topic slightly and ask a question that I'm yeah interested yeah. in hearing the answer to from people who play in a lot of different Zelda games? 
Um, I early on, actually, maybe before I even started playing, just because I was curious, I remember googling like, are there like traditional temples in this Zelda game? Mm. And I found a lot of message boards where people were really upset that there really aren't. I um, I love that you went here. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I want to know. This didn't come up faster. Yeah, like, what do you think about um, um, sort of the way they changed the traditional temple format? I just want to say um, real quick, I'm pro. Move on. Personally, I like the concept they went with. That, like, the inside of the beasts or the dungeons. Yeah. Super cool on paper. Uh, I felt they were all too short, personally. <laughs> I, like, he wants to... The tradi- I, I, I he the wants dungeon, to take a long like, time. Like, a usual <laughs> dungeon takes you, like, a few hours. Like, right. it might be a whole play session as one dungeon. Yeah. In these, like, I think the Rito dungeon, which was the easiest, took me, like, a half an hour. Yeah. It was super Yeah, easy. I mean, that's the extreme. The, the yes. Rito dungeon is, and I like, think, and the like, shortest. And my first one took me a little longer, because it took me, like, an embarrassingly long time to realize, like, what the map manipulation yeah. was. Yeah. Literally a conversation I had yesterday with people who were playing the game. They were just like, yeah, the first, like, learning that you could, like, yeah. actually change like, the it dungeon. It said something about it, and I was like, what does that mean? And I'm like, yeah. uh... And then, like, I didn't, like, immediately experiment, so it was like, eh. But uh, I felt like they were all too short, personally. And I didn't like that all of their interiors used the same art assets. They all looked the same inside, just like the shrines. Like, one of the big appeals of Zelda is that the visual variety in the dungeons, you know, it's gotten really formulaic where there's forest of fire, water, etc. Yeah. But, like, this is the other extreme where, like, they're all just the same on the inside. That was a little disappointing, but, like, overall, I thought they were satisfying. But, like, for me, ideally, I would have, like, had, like, 40 less shrines and then, like, use all the time and development on those puzzles and put them into a fifth dungeon. This dude fucking knows. Here's here's the issue that I had. Um, and, okay, to, to clarify. So, yeah, like, on the whole, fine. I liked it. But, like, ideally, I kind of wish it would have been a little different. Yeah. The, the the dungeons and the shrines were, in combination, my favorite aspect of this this game. There are moments that I think were incredible, and I think that the open world really lends itself to making, like, an, an interesting and entertaining Zelda game. But as far as the design that goes into a traditional Zelda game, the shrines and the temples are really what you have. And if you love Zelda games then these are the things that are there for you to love. And the issue that I had with the, t- with the shrine specifically are that I feel like they didn't go far enough. A lot of the puzzles were kind of, like, foolproof. Like, it was hard to not figure them out. And there were, there were very few that were challenging, and then there were even fewer that had, like, another second puzzle that was like the more challenging version to get a chest Mm -hmm. and what i wanted was more of those i would have loved like you said 20 like 20 40 less shrines something like that yeah there's 120 120 make a nice a nice round hundred or like 75 80 something like that Yeah, like 80 would have been plenty and just just make the puzzles more in depth like, make it something that you can really sink your teeth into and takes more than, like, five to ten minutes to get through. And that's really what, like... Because cleaning up the yeah, last like, few shrines felt like, see, a, like, like a chore. Even if, like, they would have taken out some shrines, 
put more into the main dungeons and then like maybe have like a fifth optional hidden dungeon or something right like just like a little bit more for that like because like there are a lot of people were like in a main zelda game their favorite thing is the dungeons and they might feel a little shortchanged on this game uh, yeah. some of them do some of them are real yeah, upset about it. I'm surprised it didn't bother me. Like the rest of the game's so great yeah. that it's like not that big a deal to me. But like ideally, I would have liked a bit more meat on those bones. I mean, I I both agree and disagree because I would have liked more in the quote unquote dungeons. Agreed. But I liked having the mini challenges throughout because I'm the type of person who, if I went to a traditional Zelda dungeon, I'd be like, oh my god, like I have to get out of the water dungeon before I can go do anything else, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I liked that if I went to a shrine and I messed with it for a while and it was one of the more challenging ones, I could be like, you know what? I don't feel like it right now. And I can leave and it, I can come back to it later and it's not crucial to the plot or crucial to me going out and doing other things and it's still a waypoint I can travel back to it. Yeah, the fact that it's again. a teleporter is a big deal. Yeah, yeah that, that's so, in fact what I was going to bring up as a point of tension uh, regarding like the expression like I wish there was forty more shrines and one more dungeon you is mean that forty less shrines? Sorry, yes. yeah. I was like, who said that? <laughs> I want like a that could be on the table. Like forty more, more shrines, shrines, another dungeon. <laughs> like, yeah, why like, not just more? How about a hundred more dungeons? Why not both? A thousand <laughs> more shrines. <laughs> That's the DLC. <laughs> if you shrink the number of shrines, Zelda, then, to like 80, then, then one of three things has to happen. You have to lower the number of save points in the overworld, or or you have to re reduce the number of like cool reward shrines based on secrets, or you have to shrink the world map. And it sounds like no. from you, it sounds like the answer no. to this question is just less save points is fine. Yeah. I don't know that I agree. I thought what there was like, by save. You mean like the, the yeah the fast yeah because like there's yeah. so many checkpoints but like yeah. there's I found so, like especially like I have 105 shrines at this point yeah I put in like no, you 120 oh hold on you got five more so cool I'm chat I have like 64 but like like it didn't like the shrines I was like amazed <laughs> like for me personally who somebody who gets a little fatigued by open world games like by like the 60 hour mark like. The shrines didn't get, like, tedious to me until I hit, like, 85 of them. Which is, like, an amazing feat yes. for game design. Yeah. Um, but I feel like once I hit that point, though, is when, like, I really had to search for them. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm saying, if you cut those ones out, you still have plenty of waypoints to fast travel. So, I, then, so then it's the second one that you actually advocate, which is you want the less cool secret shrines. I liked those a yeah, lot. I mean... I like the ones where you had to, like, I feel like you can roll like a snowball the down a hill. I'm calling them cool secrets. Yeah, I feel like... I feel yeah, like... Being, cool like no, no, no. They, cause I, I, I'm I feel yeah. like you're being a little too extreme. Because I think, like... I think you cut... If you were designing it that way, you're like, instead of putting the bar at 120, it's not like they would have designed 120 and cut out 40 of them. Like we're saying now. It's right. a hypothetical. They would have been like, we're going to do 80. And they would have designed 80, and they would have balanced it the same as they did with the 120, where there's so many secret cool stuff, so many of this, so many of ch combat challenges, so many blank. Yeah, that's you know, a like really it would, good It would have been rebalanced. It wouldn't have been like, oh, it feels like there's shit missing. Yeah. But but rebalanced was the reason that I added the third world shrinking option, right? I because the balance I, that exists in this game is just between types of shrines. I don't think it would be that big of a difference. The distance between shrines is 
almost perfect in this game. In terms of the shrines that are easily found and explicit, See, not the secret ones. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind, of, yeah, I guess I agree with that. But then if you, I still think it wouldn't make that big of a difference as uh, it seems like you're suggesting. If I, can, I, I, if I can add my two cents about shrines, sure, um, go for it. I agree with pretty much everything that Chad and Andrew have said. Um, I did. I found that some of the shrines, especially early on when I was still trying to figure out like what exactly is involved with the, the shrine challenges, yeah, felt a little incomplete. Like even just visually, that um, like the lattice structure that's at the top of most of them. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah, like, I was convinced that you could get up there <laughs> and like do something co- like there would be something cool there. Yeah, and I mean the game kind of creates that expectation. I think <laughs> it does. So I've, been, I've been a lot of time in the first few shrines. Where, like, it, it kind of seems like maybe you can, like, finagle a way to get up there. And I, it, and then I, re- I realized pretty quickly, like, no, that can't be right. Right. Um, so, and now, like, the reason I had that intuition, I think, is indicative of the fact that some of them feel a little shallow. Where, like, yeah. you walk in, like, it can't be this easy. Yeah. Like, yes. this, this is like, barely a challenge. I'll give them credit. Like, some of them really were that easy, but then they were like, but there's this other thing... Have you tried that? And it's like um, there were there were some cool one of my, my was, favorite shrine that were, I've done so far was well, it was pretty simple but um, it was cool because it was like typical Breath of the Wild you can use physics in surprising ways the yeah. like ball maze one yeah. <laughs> I tried that like once and I was like wait a second yeah and just flip the maze over on the flat side. Yeah, I feel like everyone because the whole point was to get it to like I didn't so you could like ramp it off. Oh yeah, that actually is very famous online for being like one instance in which they had what seems like a very intentionally designed puzzle in the shrine, but can actually be solved like five different ways. Yes, and I was like, oh, this is. I remember feeling like that was like a little thing. I was like, that's really cool. Like I can just they've have a workaround yeah. based on the physics. They've yeah, they've been asked about that specific thing in interviews, and they were like, "No, we realized that, and we thought it was like really cool that like <laughs> if you like re- thought yeah, that people minds. would be rewarded for thinking of that." Yeah, I, yeah. I actually like that a lot. I didn't think of it. Yeah, yeah. I just did the puzzle. But, yeah, <laughs> after after like hearing about it, I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe I didn't yeah. think of it." But one thing I did do though, and like this was like a re- like earlier on, like first third of my playtime, I was like in a shrine, and I was like. Gotta pick up a barrel to put it on a button. Classic Zelda, whatever. I'm like, I got like a bunch of weapons. I can just drop on the ground, <laughs> and like I just like dropped a hammer on it, and it works. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want that hammer. <laughs> you know, like I just thought like that kind of stuff was really cool. And there were ones where like like electricity puzzles where you had to like move the metal boxes. I was just like. I have a bunch of weapons. I'll just line them all up in a row. Yeah. The two all points. of Andy's creative ways of solving the puzzle involves <laughs> yeah. yeah. just dropping weapons. weapons with electricity. You have like electric weapons and fire weapons. Yeah, that it just like things. there were certain things like I didn't think about flipping the maze upside down, but I did think of other. I mean, you're not a yeah. genius. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not as much of a genius as those people that flipped the maze upside down. Right. But, like, I also I had, didn't flip the maze upside yeah. down. I just jimmied it so that when the ball came down, it just fell on the last point, and huh. I just rolled it. You can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but regardless, uh, that's basically like a meme at this point. Like, really? I, yeah, like yeah, it's like I a had no idea. that's one that people have really like. Uh, Those apparatus shrines can go fuck themselves in the large, <laughs> like for the most part, because they are terrible. Um, and also, if you play in handheld mode at work, you look like a. <laughs> 
<laughs> you look like a total jackass, like, swinging your fucking Nintendo Switch around like a golf club. Yeah. The golf one, though, was awesome. It was the best one. My, my thing with that is, <laughs> like, yeah. those kinds You'll of puzzles... You'll find it, it's great. Like, with the gyroscope controls, at least as, like, the technology is now, yeah. it feels like the calibration gets off, like, immediately. Yeah, it's like a zero-second you know, like, they It works so beautifully for aiming mm-hmm. yep. that, like, it seems like like being a caveman to like, go back from a controller with gyroscopes in it now. Yeah. But, like, man, like, something about, like, just swinging a golf club, it always seems like it's crooked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it yep. always gets off immediately. I don't it know why that is. It is crooked is the weird thing. <laughs> and I just, like, uh, for some reason, that one was amusing to me simply because of the ridiculousness of the fact that it was literally golf. <laughs> Yeah. Like, there wasn't... No frills. You had a club-shaped thing. That's what Hyrule Field was originally, didn't you know? It was a golf yeah, yeah, go, course. It, you know, used, to called, just it used to be called Hyrule Links. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the King of Hyrule, Jokes. did anyone else see immediately through the, the old of, man? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. The king of no. Oh, I know. Not even a Because, like, he looks so much like the King of Hyrule. And he's a little bit, like, weird and knowledgeable. Yeah, I was like... How do you know so much? Surprising to both Chad and JJ, I wasn't immediately suspicious that he was going to be evil. Uh, yeah, that was true. <laughs> that was shocking, actually. <laughs> I, was, I was like... I'm surprised he, you didn't quit the game. Yes, okay. I was like... This guy's going to mislead me. He's yeah. going to be the main villain. Uh, he's Ganondorf. Uh, Jumps in like, right when you're most vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> Swoops uh, in. When you woke up. But I was like, he's the king of Hyrule. Like, immediately. Yeah. I knew he was going to be, like, not just an old guy, but yeah. I had no clue who he was going to be. To, to put like a stopper though on, on well, at least my contributions to the shrine discussion, I, I want to make sure that I delineate that what I was what I brought up earlier was specifically point problems that would be related to wanting to decrease the number of shrines. I generally agree with the content of the actual puzzles below the shrines being for the most part, like you said, Daniel, that they could have been harder. Like they they sort of softballed that in the most for the most part. I don't know what the you know how much they could have stretched that like further and I don't know how much reorganizing the development time could have given them if they did decrease the number of shrines but I just wanted to point out that that, or that decreasing the number of shrines has costs elsewhere in the I game. See, I still think you could supplement that with other stuff. Like you could supplement in more side quests yeah, or, or like more blank. More side quests more that didn't blank. end in a shrine. I think yeah, would be appreciative. Less shrine quests. But in this yeah. case, you're you're no longer giving up the like the reason we started talking about lowering the number of shrines in the first place, which was redistributed in development time to give us another dungeon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the idea there is not necessarily to give, give us another dungeon necessarily, but just to make the shrines themselves more complicated. And I think that that is. A goal, and the reason that we even brought up decreasing the number of the shrines is because that is the perceived cost of making the shrines more complicated. Right. And, and perhaps whole, it's not. And perhaps it's, you know, perhaps yeah, they that might have you could had, not have allocated that time. And we it's also know. totally possible that they had puzzles that were more complicated originally and pared them down yeah. in order to fit with the, like, right. style of the game. Like the bite-sized mini-dungeon yeah. concept. Which did, like. to be fair, they did have, like, 30 combat trials that really could there have been like 17 three. of them. That's still way I, more than is necessary. I watched a video where somebody complained about the game and they pointed that out. Thank you for listening to NoClip this week.
What are we talking about next time? Uh, fucking surprise, dudes. We're talking about Breath of the Wild again. Oh, my God. Uh, until then, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. All of our contact information is on noclippodcast.com, uh, or you can check out YouTube, No Clip Podcast. That'll pull it up for sure. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and now I'm going to record two more of these bumpers. Top five sexiest Bioware ladies. Rack 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 Rack